For this week's guest, we have Linda Shehab. Linda is living temporarily in Canada and is currently finishing up a three-year certificate in spiritual direction at St. Thomas University. Linda recently hosted her program, Living in the Spirit on Jesus Christ Network, Maria Vision here in Miami from 2016 to 2020. Today, our conversation with Linda is about consecration. What is consecration? Why would we consecrate ourselves? And what does it mean to her personally? Then, as Pope Francis has dedicated as the year of St. Joseph, we will dive into the consecration to St. Joseph. He is a great example and role model of a father we can all learn from. Welcome to Catholic Mindset Podcast, where we will explore Catholic fundamentals. I am your host, Alejandro Cervalli. Join me as I explore the plethora of knowledge of our faith. Every part of our being is created in the image of God, including our minds. We must begin to imitate the mindset of Christ Jesus. What we learn here, I encourage you to contemplate, practice, and incorporate. We will look into the basics, prayers, traditions, histories, and practices used by our church to gain union with Christ. I pray that what you learn here enriches your heart and soul. Please subscribe to the podcast and sign up for our newsletter information in the show notes. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Alejandro. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation today. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. How's everything over there in Canada? Awesome. In the Pacific Northwest, rainy, cold, and very mountainous. And the Pacific Ocean never gets warm. So if you're coming to visit, please bring a wetsuit. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so before we get started, let's start with a, a prayer. Would you like to lead us? I'd love to. Thank you. Let's invite the Lord to be present with us today. Take a deep breath and exhale. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, beloved of our souls, enlighten us, guide us, strengthen us, and console us in the name of the Father and of the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for this invitation. We know that you promised when two or three are together in your name, you are also present. And together with the Blessed Mother, we ask you to guide our words today our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts as we share the topic of the day, which is, I understand, consecration. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Before we talk about consecration, let's get to know you a little bit. So I know that you and I met down here in Miami, particularly in the parish here in Key Biscayne. Um, But uh, for our listeners, give us a little bit of background. Where are you originally from? Thank you, Andrew. Well, born in Montreal, Canada, uh, moved to Miami about 30 years ago to Key Biscayne. Uh, the minute I set foot on Key Biscayne, I felt welcome. I felt at home. And I guess the first stop I made on Key Biscayne was at uh, St. Agnes and met the first smiling face there at St. Agnes and been in love with, with St. Agnes and, and the people of Key Biscayne ever since. Two daughters and my husband, of course, and then my daughters decided to pursue their post-grad careers outside of Miami. And one of them came to the Pacific Northwest of Vancouver, saying that she was just going to finish her PhD and be back in two years. And then lo and behold, 13 years later, (laughs) here we are in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we don't know. uh, We believe this is a temporary stop, but I'm delighted to be here with my 
two grandsons. I have two here in Vancouver, and I have one in Miami who I miss terribly every day, but thanks to the internet, I get to see him. And mother of two, a grandmother of three, wife of one, and just finishing up a my uh, a certificate of spiritual direction uh, to become a formal spiritual director. And today's topic I'm really excited to share is about consecration, what it is, why we do it, and what does this crazy word actually mean to to people who uh, who live in a, in a secular world, but are perhaps seeking to know the Lord better deepen their relationship with God. What are some of the steps and, and how do we do that in our busy day to day? So I guess that's what we're going to talk about today, right? That's correct. So be, before Good. we talk, we're going to particularly talk about the consecration to St. Joseph, because as we're going to learn, okay. consecrations can be done to many aspects and like consecration to Mary, to Jesus, to the heart of Jesus, mm -hmm. to to even St. Michael the Archangel as well, right? But uh, before we talk about the consecration to St. Joseph specifically, what is consecration first? What is What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Okay. Consecration is to be set apart, to be made holy, to be prepared to love and live in God's way with God, following his word and his will. Originally, we are all supposed to be God's children. We are God's children. But in our lives, in the course of our life, and in the course of our history of humankind, we have grown apart from God. So our life goal is to seek the Lord in all things, in all ways. And it's natural and normal that in our lives, we forget to seek the Lord and forget to allow Jesus to be the center of our lives moving farther and away from God, we have to make a conscious step to move ourselves back, back closer to God. And in the Bible, the word consecration means the separation of oneself from things that are unclean, anything that might contaminate our relationship with God. That's pretty strong language, I think. But I, I think that if we look at Genesis 1, we are created in God's own image and likeness. And our life journey is to always keep and maintain and to stay as close to God's image, own image and likeness as we possibly can throughout our life. And the only human that was ever sinless, of course, is our Blessed Mother. The rest of us sin. And sin is simply a decision or possibly not a decision, but a movement away from God from God's love, from God's care, from God's will. And so we seek to every day find and deepen and find that path to bring us back to God. So consecration is about coming back to God. And the great thing is once you learn a little bit about consecration, you, you go back into the Old Testament and you'll see examples of consecration in there all the time. For example, when people of Israel were in the desert for 40 years and finally arrive at the River Jordan and about to pass into the promised land after all these, what, what were they told to do the day before? They were told to bathe, change their clothes, to consecrate themselves. Uh, I think it's Joshua. Yes, Joshua 3.5. Consecrate yourselves. 
Because tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. You will go into the promised land. Now, water was very rare. Washing clothes wasn't, doesn't ha didn't happen then like it does now. People bathed mostly with oil. Olive trees were plentiful, but water was very scarce. And so to wash yourselves and wash your clothing was a huge event 2,000 years ago. This is one example, biblical example, of consecration. And there are many more in the New Testament as well. I can go on, but I have a feeling I get a sense you want to ask me a question. Or am sure, I raise my hand? There's a, there's, a little, <laughs> there's a little icon here where I can raise my hand. Maybe, maybe I'll take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's here somewhere where I can raise my hand. But yes, I have a question. So the, the, the difference between a regular prayer and a consecration, is there is there a big difference? How does that look like? A consecration prayer is like an act of consecration. It's a prayer, yes, but it's an act. It, it usually, if you're if you're praying a prayer of consecration, it's because there has been a formation taking place which brings you to that act, to that moment of consecration where you will cross the River Jordan, if you will, or where you will, where or the Red Sea will be parted and a new person comes forth after the prayer of the consecration. Which brings me to the next conversation, which is uh, baptism. When you consecrate yourself to Joseph or to the Blessed Mother, or you are reliving your baptismal vows, assuming you have been baptized. And if you haven't been baptized, then this is the best time. As you begin living a consecrated life, then you would definitely make a decision to become holy with Christ and become baptized, take on a new life in Christ and be baptized. So consecration um, is giving yourself to become holy, to be set apart, to be made holy, to be cleansed so that you can follow Christ's life. The consecration to St. Joseph in particular. So now that we have a better understanding of what consecration is because there's, there's many types. Right. Some of them last different days. Some of them are, I don't know, what's the sh what is the shortest consecration compared to the longest consecration? Good question. I don't think that there is a, a specific there that I'm aware of anyways. I'm not a theologian. Many consecrations are based on a 30-day or 33-day. And I think the reason for that is because for human beings to change habits, and we also see the number 40 repeated many, many, many times in, in theology in the Bible. And I think 40 days is very significant for human nature to change habits and adopt new ones. So this is why you'll see a preparation for consecration usually at least 30 days is because, you know, it takes us a while to take on new habits and form them. It can You can lose a good habit in 24 hours, but to take on a new life it's and true. create a new a new habit, it takes longer. It, it's, a, it's, it's an exercise. It's to become steadfast, uh, decisive. Um, it's to become disciplined. Um, and, and these are some of the things that, Consecration teaches us to become disciplined in our actions, in our activities, in our prayer life, in our in living an ordered life. Uh, 
putting putting the will of God first always orders our life. Saint Ignatius uh, has the special uh, Latin uh, motto there. Ad maggiore gloria dei, or dei gloria, which means everything done for God's glory every single day. So everything I do from the moment I wake up in the morning must be focused in towards seeking God's glory and nothing else. And if, of course, I wake up late and I'm late for work and I'm late for this and I'm late, that, that's fine too. But everything I do must be towards seeking God's greater glory, God's glory. And that's called ordering your life. I think the Opus Dei teaches that at the beginning of your day, like when you wake up, you uh, you say something along the lines of like, I'm here to serve. That's how you start your day. Something like that. I wanted Make, to... Making uh, your life bigger than your own, right? Making your life bigger than you. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to um, ask, can you read again the description of... What is a consecration that you, you found in the catechism? The church oh. calls it. Oh, okay. The um, Joshua 3, verse 5, Joshua told his people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Here it emphasizes after being 40 years in the wilderness, the people of Israel, remember they left Egypt, they left as slaves, the rivers of the Red Sea, uh, the, the, De- the Red Sea was parted for them. They, they spent 40 years wandering in, in the desert and they finally come to cross the Jordan. Moses, unfortunately, never saw the, the promised land. They think he's buried in the Jordanian side in Mount Nebo. Um, they come to cross the Jordan River into the promised land and they're given the command, consecrate yourselves. The people of God were commanded to bathe and to change their clothes. Uh, married couples were to devote themselves wholly to the Lord. And the significance of this demand was that in ancient times, water was considered a luxury. Yeah, and they and they become cleansed. Their clothing, their bodies, they become new persons as they cross the Jordan into the promised land. And earlier, you also read, you also read a definition of consecration. It was a one-liner. Oh, the separation of oneself from things that are unclean. We, we refer to, to consecration mostly as being set apart and made holy. So a separation of oneself from things that are unclean. What is normally happening in somebody's life that would, would merit a, a moment where they need to separate themselves from thing that is unclean to refocus mm-hmm. their life back into union with God? Great question. I think one of the things that we see happening now is in our secular world, the breakdown of the family. The family's divorce for very many reasons. We can, um, you know, the list is long. Breakdown of family life, breakdown of respect, abortion. All of these things are happening. Why? Because there is something intrinsically disordered, if you will, with how we are are behaving within a family and and i think this is specifically why uh, pope francis has created this year as a year of saint joseph because we recognize that our spiritual father saint joseph is there as our human father of course we have father in heaven god the creator the author of life but we need to touch base with a human father 
one who is head of the holy family. Now, God would not have placed anyone but a holy man, a saint, to be the, the human bodily father physically of Jesus for the first 30 years of his life or however long Joseph lived. We don't know. We think he, he was he was a teenager when, when St. Joseph was called home to the father. But the reason we would choose to consecrate ourselves specifically to St. Joseph in this case would be because we discern in our own lives a breakdown of, of family life, breakdown of marriage, a breakdown of relationships between fathers and children, a breakdown between spouses. There's something happening that is very specific to a loss of that tight bond of unity, that of love, respect uh, uh, within a family. And so I think Pope Francis recognized this and called this year to be the year of Saint of Saint Joseph and called us all to recognize more deeply what St. Joseph does in our lives, who St. Joseph is in our lives. Now, he's been, he's a patron saint of the family. He's also a patron saint of the church. And I'd love to give you a whole list of, of the litany of St. Joseph and, and all of his special functions. But Let's do I it. Think, <laughs> all right, let me look it up because it's very long. But I bore you and I put you to sleep. But no, it's very important. And as a matter of fact, we, we are asked to pray this litany in this 33-day preparation to St. Joseph. We are asked to pray this litany every single day in order to help us to deepen our relationship and our understanding and our love of St. Joseph as our spiritual earthly father. So. What are some of these characteristics that make the consecration to St. Joseph a consecration to St. Joseph? Great question. Well, it generally starts six weeks or more like 33 days to always end on a special feast day of St. Joseph. And during the year, there are two main feast days of St. Joseph. One of them is on March 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph, and the other one is May 1st the Feast of St. Joseph, the workers. So counting backwards, you would have 33 days prior to that where you would start a consecration. We started one, I think it was the 15th of February, and we, we culminating on the 19th of March, which was a, one of the consecrations. And then there will likely be another one culminating on the 1st of May, but uh, we, we didn't start that one. Hopefully we'll be able to have another one uh, this year. The consecration basically uh, takes place with a daily prayer, uh, a daily litany to St. Joseph, and a prayer and a meditation. It takes about 15 minutes of, of prayer during the day. And there's a beautiful memorare. Many people are familiar with the memorare to the Blessed Mother. There's also a memorare, which is a short prayer to St. Joseph. What so is a memorare? Is, Sorry. It's what, a type of, of remembrance. Uh, uh, the memorare is, is a prayer of remembrance to, to uh, St. Joseph or to the Blessed Mother. Um, and one thing that we're asked to do always is to pray the litany. And the litany is like a, um, like a psalmist song. It's a list of praise and adoration that we would say to a saint, uh, starting with the Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, God the Heavenly Father. And then a litany to St. Joseph would include Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the virgin, pray for us. 
foster father of the Son of God. Pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. And it goes on. Joseph most just, Joseph most chaste, Joseph most prudent, most courageous, most obedient, most faithful, patient, or workman, domestic life, pillar of the families, uh, comfort to the afflicted, hope of the sick, patron of the dying, terror of demons. And this one is great. We talk more about terror of the demons and protector of the holy church. So it's a call and response. Pray for us. Pray for us. And it's almost meditative getting you into a a call and response with the Lord as you as you pray your litany every single day. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because yes, prayer is very often like the rosary. It's repetition, and that's okay too. There's various different types of prayer, but it also goes deep into your soul. This call and response. Remember, God created us, and He called. We spend our life being called by Him to come back to Him. So our whole life is like a like a wave coming up on the beach. It's a call and a response. It's a call and it's a response. This is how prayer, this type of form of prayer works. Very meditative and very rhythmic. So, and in that we learn about St. Joseph. Did you know he was a terror of demons? They say that Satan is terrified of St. Joseph. We also know that uh, Satan does not like the Blessed Mother. So, why would God have chosen this humble workman, this carpenter, to be the human foster father of his only begotten son? I mean, this must have been some pretty special guy, right? And yet, when we look at scripture, he's he never said one word anywhere in the New Testament. He never said a single word. And yet, this man was called by God to be the father of Christ. I mean, that's a pretty special job. And, and you know, we live in a world right now where we have to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk to prove who we are, what we do. Or, uh, this man never said a thing. And look at, look at what he's given to us. Model of workmen, terror of demons, protector of the holy family. Now, if our families are supposed to be modeled upon the holy family, which is what I believe our wish should be, I believe when we marry and have a, a choose a spouse and have children. We want our families to be holy families, ordered families. This is what we all dream um, and pray and hope our families become. That we must model our lives, model our families upon families that we trust and believe are going to be an example to us. This is why the lives of the saints are so important. Because rather than setting our minds uh, on, on sports figures or, or, or singers or movie actors, we place our minds and our hearts upon following the lives of saints so that our lives can emanate these, these type of examples for our own lives. So this is why St. Joseph is so important for us, because we can model our lives after this silent, strong uh, obedient man who God himself chose to be the human father of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. I think he must have been a pretty special guy. I cannot agree more. <laughs> In the litany, is there anything about like master of woodworking? I, uh, it says the uh, woodworking specifically, <laughs> no, but a uh, model of, what is it? Mm, protector of the, something, a oh, model of workmen. 
model of workmanship. So, you know, it, it sort of takes your mind when you think about that. I don't know. If, um, it takes you into imagining Jesus in his father's carpentry shop and how he must have sat there for hours as a young child watching his father, you know, uh, I don't know, prepare the wood, shave the wood, seek out a piece of wood. Um, you know, in his his hands must have been, you know, strong to be able to 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 make all these different motions and get the wood there and chop it and then finally whittle it into the sculpt it into the right shape and and just imagine Jesus watching that every single day day in day out watching his father do this and the conversations that Joseph must have had with his father about you know being a good worker being a good person being an honest person. Christ was fully human and fully divine, which meant that, you know, in his forming, in his formation years, before he began to recognize his call, he was just a, just a young boy. <laughs> and I've, I've got three grandsons, so I watched them. I never take my eyes off of them, two of them all day long, otherwise. So I could just imagine them following uh, Mary and Joseph around in their house all day, him following him and, and learning by their, their example all day long. Um, going back to the simple, ordered life, love, respect. I think we all want that in our own, in our own lives and in our own homes. And what better example? And Pope Francis recognized this uh, when he called the whole world to reacquaint themselves with St. Joseph this year specifically to place more importance on the existence of fathers in our lives, to give more respect to fathers in our lives, for fathers to give more respect to themselves in our lives. We're very aware of some of the loss of identity of fatherhood in our society and some of the terrible things that are happening to men as a result of that. Um, in other words, the loss of self uh, esteem, loss of self worth, um, a lot of sexual uh, habits uh, that have have come of this, a lot of pornography that has come of this, um, because of, I think a loss of, of esteem, a loss of presence, a loss of self respect, and a loss of respect of the family, mutual love, and mutual sharing. Um, don't want to end on a sad note. I don't know where we are in time, uh, but yes, I, I, I <laughs> no, but, we're doing good. You're doing great. Please, <laughs> but, but, but we we are holy people. We have holy hope, and we place ourselves in the life of the Lord because we keep the Lord front and center, and we know that He's in charge. Um, and I just, uh, if you don't mind, I'd just like to uh, share with you that short prayer, if I can find it. Uh, composed by uh, Pope Francis when he called this year to be the year of, of St. Joseph for all of us. Is this a good time? Please do. Please. Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, Guardian of the Redeemer, Spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. To you, God entrusted his only Son. In you, Mary placed her trust. With you, Christ became man. Blessed Joseph, to us to show yourself a father and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage, and defend us from every evil. Amen. And this is taken from the apostolic letter of Patrice Corday from uh, the Father's Heart, from the Holy Father Francis. 
In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for this time today and <laughs> for letting me go on and on. <laughs> no, please, Lind Linda, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time joining us and, and telling us what consecration is and diving into consecration St. Joseph, sharing us with us your background. Thank you for helping and supporting my podcast. Oh, my pleasure. All the best to you and may God guide. You'll be wonderful <laughs> and I will see you around soon, I hope. And, um, and to all my friends at St. Agnes, I send my love and my care and I hope to see you very, very soon. And stay safe and healthy.